There's a quote by Norman Mailer that says, you don't know a woman until you've met her in court. And my God, that is true. I don't know about you guys, but I had the day from hell today. So you're probably wondering who I am, why I had the day from hell, and why I started off this episode with a random quote about meeting a woman in court. Hi, my name is Jenna. I'm your host, and this is the High Functioning Shit Show. So let me just tell you a little bit about myself. I am a consumer protection litigation attorney, and I started law school the year Trump was elected. So needless to say, there have been a lot of changes that I don't think anyone in my class would have anticipated. But I mentioned this because I do federal law and I do consumer protection. So naturally, I'm inclined to want a more liberal judge or justice because they're going to tend to be more consumer friendly. So this had a direct impact on what I practice. I've always been what one might consider a feisty female. I don't think I've ever fit neatly into what society (laughs) expects of women. I am very opinionated. I've always been comfortable voicing my opinion because God bless my dad. He was very encouraging my mom too but I mean I think your father figure as far as what their expectations are of women really can change the way you are as a person and my dad always told me you can do whatever you want you have your your opinion matters your voice matters and I'm really thankful for that so thanks dad I love you I think being a feisty female or one who's not afraid to, you know, vocalize their opinion has served me well in litigation. It's interesting to see the dynamic between myself and male attorneys. And let me tell you, being a young female attorney is the biggest pain in the ass. I say it all the time, but women have to work so much harder simply for the fact that we were born with vaginas and it pisses me off i tell my boss all the time i would thrive as a dude fucking thrive but alas i have a vagina as a consumer protection attorney i fight the good fight i represent consumers which means i am repeatedly suing billion dollar corporations Fucking stick it to the man. A lot of the attorneys that represent these corporations, I will deal with on a regular basis to the point where, you know, I know what their life is like. I know they've got kids, they're married, whatever it may be. Same with them. They know that I'm not married and I don't have kids. (laughs) So today I had to have something called a meet and confer call. Now, a meet and confer call has to happen when there is some sort of dispute that's going to be brought before the court. So in some courts, especially in federal court, which is what I practice in, if there's some sort of dispute between the parties, for example, 
a discovery dispute where one party is withholding evidence or making objections the other party doesn't deem to be proper. Before the parties can bring it to the court, they have to meet and confer. And the meet and confer can't just be a simple email. It has to be a phone call or a Zoom call. And the point of the meet and confer is to see if the parties can informally resolve whatever the dispute is without court intervention. Now, frankly, I kind of think meet and confer calls are pointless. I don't think I've ever, I've had a, so okay, I won't say pointless. I've had meet and confer calls that have narrowed the scope of the issue, but I have never had one completely resolve an issue. Today, I had a meet and confer call with my least fucking favorite human. What do we call him? I need to give him a name. Let me think of a name of a punchable person. All right, we're just going to call this motherfucker Jimmy. So Jimmy is just objectively an unreasonable person. He does not let anybody else get a word in. Every meet and confer call I've had with him has lasted at a minimum for 45 minutes. Typically, a meet and confer call with a normal attorney will last maybe 15 to 20 unless there are a lot of issues, but they're usually productive. I had another one earlier in the week with a different attorney. It was very productive. We didn't resolve the issue, but we actually spoke to each other like humans. Jimmy will just cut you off. He'll talk over you. And candidly just has the inability to shut the fuck up it's horrible like just for example if you're in an argument in front of a judge and a judge basically says to you like move on to your next point you just do that you listen so i watched an argument where he was arguing something and the judge who happened to be a female interrupted him and said, Jimmy, you know, you've spent a lot of time on this point. I'm not really buying it. You might want to use your time to move on to the next point. When that happens, typically the proper thing to do is to move on to your next point. But instead, Jimmy proceeded to mansplain to the judge why he wanted to argue this point. And I'm just sitting there in disbelief because, again, when you argue, you typically are allotted a certain amount of time. And I'm like, well, what fucking ever. That just like helps us if you want to proceed to mansplain after the judge just told you your argument was bad. So today, there were five of us on this call. So it was me, my managing partner, another associate, and this associate has got way more experience than me and is just a very good writer, very, he's just, he's very good. He knows a lot of things. And then on the other side was Jimmy and I deal with this other person a lot. We're going to call him Frank. <laughs> um, Frank is a nice guy. Frank is always respectful. He's calm. Typically, I mean, we've lost our shit a couple times, but that's bound to happen with the amount we work with each other. But so yeah, it's Jimmy and Frank. And Poor Frank doesn't say like hardly anything the whole time because Jimmy just won't shut the fuck up. Anyways, my managing partner is a force to be reckoned with. He takes no shit. He's a great boss. Always has my back, which I appreciate. I've had calls with Jimmy and my managing partner before that have 
resulted in some heated exchanges to say the least. So I wasn't super optimistic about today. Also, every time I talk to Jimmy, he's always accusing me of something. Me and Jimmy, we just don't like each other. And he's also been extra fucking salty with me lately because we had an argument before the court. And lo and behold, this little bitch kicked his ass and he did not take it well. So the call today is, so I mentioned that I beat this asshole in a different argument. The previous argument was to compel the production of discovery. I've actually been dubbed my firm's motion to compel queen. Motions to compel are not common, but this particular defendant likes to fight like hell. So I fight like hell back. In less than a year, I have brought four motions to compel and have won every single one. We won this because Jimmy and his client were improperly withholding documents. The court agreed with me, got the documents ordered to be turned over. So now we get we have the documents, right? And there's something, there are different kinds of privilege you can have. So there's attorney-client privilege, there's work product. So basically any advice that your lawyer gives you that is done in the anticipation of litigation is considered attorney-client privilege. Well, they turned over like about a thousand pages worth of documents and naturally they missed redacting certain things. So there are parts where they, you know, redacted one thing in one place but then missed it in another. So we know that the things they're claiming to be privileged are bullshit designations. So today's call was about challenging those designations So this has already been heated. There's definitely some animosity, some hostility, like tensions are high. The call starts, again, managing partners on it. The other more senior attorney than myself is also on it. So managing partners doing most of the talking. Jimmy, again, doing most of the talking, even though him and Frank are on the same like level. And not like literally less than five minutes into the call, I'm not even talking yet. He takes a dig at me. He says something along the lines of, Indeed, with my prior dealings with Jenna, she often says things that she doesn't actually do. That's not true. But neither here nor there, so I don't say anything because I'm like, let's just move on with this. And then the call continues. He continues to take shots at me and also the managing partner, but is being like, weirdly nice to the senior attorney. And then it gets to the point where he is just keeps interrupting the managing partner. So the managing partner just keeps talking and they're just like for five minutes straight, just talking and you can't understand either one of them. And then finally, like the more senior attorney at my office interjects. And then Frank also kind of interjects because they're they're both kind of like the peacemakers. Meanwhile, I've been quiet most of this time because I'm just listening like what the fuck is going on. And then conversation carries on and this fucker takes another dig at me so I finally have just had enough and I'm like Jimmy quit interrupting people quit saying things that aren't true and then he says why don't you let managing partner and senior partner handle this so basically he told me to shut the fuck up essentially and to let the men handle it it took a lot of resistance for me not to lose it and to be like, are you fucking kidding me? 
But instead, I very just calmly said, this is my case too, and I also make the decisions. Now, in my mind, I'm like, how fucking dare you tell me to let the other two handle it? This has been my case from its inception. Don't get me wrong. The managing partner has helped me along the way the entire time. The senior associate has also helped me. But through and through, I have done the work from the beginning. I'm the one who pushed for those documents. I was the one who kicked his ass in the argument. It is my case. So for him to basically say, sit back and let the other two handle it, the fucking audacity. He keeps talking and then finally it just got to the point where I am literally yelling like into my computer, Jimmy, stop talking. Jimmy, stop talking. Stop talking. And then eventually he did and then somebody else interjected and it was just this whole shit show. I'm just curious, if I was a man, would he have said that? I don't fucking think so. I'd also just really quick like to clarify because I'm sure a guy, especially, who ends up listening to this is going to be like, shut up, you whiny bitch. Like, you you made this about gender, even though he didn't actually say, like, to be quiet because you're a woman. I want to make it very clear that before I said anything after we got off this call, I was talking to my managing partner, and we were both pretty mad, just based on his demeanor generally. And I, I said, that call made me really mad. And he goes, why? Because he told you to stop talking because you were a girl. And I was like, okay, thank you. Like, I didn't just take it that way. I definitely picked up on that correctly. So there's that. Male perspective. There you go. Now, the point of the story isn't just for me to express my anger with what happened today or to shit on all men, but it is more to guide other women who are in these positions as to how to move forward with them. I'm not saying that I have perfect solutions with them, but I think I've done a pretty good job of navigating thus far. And despite this one fucker being an asshole, I have seen a lot of opposing counsel's demeanor change with me generally um, from the time I've started to now. And it's only been like a year and a half. But I think the key thing is, is to always try to be kind to begin with. You get more bees with honey, right? But you could not let them push you around either. So they'll test the waters. They'll see what they can get away with. You know, for example, (laughs) the first deposition I ever defended you have to when you when someone's being deposed they're basically being interviewed and as the attorney who's defending the person you get to make objections so if opposing counsel were to ask my client what did you t- say to your attorney i would object on the basis of attorney client privilege because they don't get to know about our conversations and i would instruct my client not to answer so my first deposition i'm defending i am objecting on the basis of relevance which is like a proper objection for interrogatory responses. Probably not so much for deposition, but also I still do it. I don't care. But so this attorney, different attorney, we're going to call him Bill. Bill keeps telling me that my objections aren't proper. So I'm just like, oh shit. Like in my head, I'm like, are these not proper? So 
you know, this is all happening during COVID. I started, I literally learned how to be an attorney during COVID, which sucked, but it gave me the benefit of being able to text the managing partner during the deposition since they were being taken over Zoom. So I'm texting him and I'm asking him like, hey, yo, can I object on the basis of relevance? And he's like, not really, but like whatever, keep doing it. But meanwhile, while this is happening, even though I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, and honestly, it's pretty clear because I'm a fresh attorney, and you, you can just tell, like, when people are fresh out of law school, you just know. But so he's telling me, Bill is like, Jenna, your objections aren't proper. Jenna, your objections aren't proper. And I, instead of just being like, ooh, I, I just said, I'm going to keep making my objections for the record. Keep taking your deposition. And he didn't like that too much, but... You know, I've had other depositions with him since then where he'll still try to tell me my objections aren't proper and I just say, then call the judge. And he never does because he has no ground to stand on. So point being, yes, you want to be nice. I try to be nice, you know, as long as I'm getting the respect that I feel like I deserve. Like with Frank, Frank and I typically have civil conversations. But as soon as these men try to push you around, you need to hold your ground. It is factually proven and not even just within women, but generally, unfortunately, the less agreeable you are as a person, the more successful you end up being. So agreeableness is exactly what it sounds like. You're cognizant of others around you. You want to appease them. You don't want to ruffle any feathers. But that doesn't lead to success, unfortunately. You need somebody who's going to challenge things and point out flaws in something and you know, work towards a dynamic change. And that is viewed as being disagreeable. But ladies... Who the fuck cares? For a lot of us, it's really hard not to care because either the way you were brought up or just the way society forms our narrative, we're supposed to be nice and agreeable and soft and this and that. And that's all fine. You know, if you're, if you are a woman that operates like that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. However, our narrative needs to change. So if you feel strongly about something, you know, you know more than someone do not back down. And when I say don't back down, I don't mean yelling at somebody to stop talking like I did during that deposition. But if you just at least vocalize that you don't agree with something or if somebody crosses a boundary of yours and you don't like it, you need to say something. And you can say it in a calm, respectful way. That would be my method that I recommend of how you should operate. I'd like to think I'm generally calm. I'm generally rational. I know I was just talking about people being disagreeable, but you can be disagreeable and still be rational and logical. So those are my two pieces of advice for now. Be nice until you can't be anymore. And then as soon as somebody crosses that line, you make sure to put them in their place real quick. I wish I could say the names of the actual people I deal with and the defendant that I'm talking about, but I can tell you that everybody that works for this massive corporation in the legal department knows my name now. They know who I am, and whether or not they like me, they have to respect me, and it's because I demand that respect. I've earned that respect. Also, I do a good job. Like I'm good at my job. That's part of it. And ladies especially, I know that we like to be liked. I know I don't like it when people don't like me, but at the same time, you can't worry about everybody liking you because not everybody's going to. So I will end my little rant tonight on the note of, ladies, you literally 
have the ability to bring life into this world, don't ever let a man fucking try to tell you you can't do something. In upcoming episodes, I am going to be bringing on some of my female friends who are also badasses to hear other people's perspectives because I also know a lot of very successful women who are not quite as feisty as I am and I would love to learn more about how they navigate through a male-dominated world and what advice they have. So with that, I hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in. Good night.